Hot Ones is a YouTube show about eating hot wings, and it's about to significantly improve your startup. This is a breakdown episode where we zoom in on a company or product that's done something extraordinarily well and try and figure out how. We'll then make that digestible so you can use the tactics, mindset, whatever it may be for your startup. Back to Hot Ones. Hot Ones growth is preposterous. The show's gone from zero to millions of subscribers and literally billions of views in about five years. It came on my radar in the last 12 months as I was told to watch an episode by a tech friend, my aunt, and finally some guy I'd just met in the dog park seven minutes earlier. That's the middle of a pretty ridiculous Venn diagram, and I'm going to have to watch that show whenever that happens. So I did. What I found was a relatively straightforward framework that's been the catalyst for the ridiculous growth at Hot Ones. The more I dug, the more I realized that Hot Ones had created a blueprint for early stage startups and really any type of product or content to grow. This is a blueprint I'm now implementing with content for Idea to Startup and for Tacklebox. I think it'll really help you too. So let's get into it. And as always, Idea to Startup is brought to you by Tacklebox. If you're working on a startup idea and have a full-time job, we've got in-person cohorts in New York City and virtual cohorts that can happen anywhere, and they'll help you validate and build your startup, getting to the point where you can make the decision whether you want to quit your job and go after it full-time. I wrote a short article about Hot Ones a few months ago that I sent to the Tacklebox email list, and the response I got was absurd. I had an inbox stuffed with links to episodes, Paul Rudd memes, clips of Gordon Ramsay chugging a pint glass of Pepto-Bismol, everything. But the emails I got most of, by far, were about Sean Evans, the host. Everyone, and I mean everyone, loves this guy. At least 30 emails dubbed him the greatest interviewer of all time. Sean is the interview host of the show Hot Ones. So how'd Sean get so good? And is it really him? Is he actually that great of an interviewer and a presence? Or is something else going on here? We'll get back to that because it's critical. But let's start with some detail on the show itself. From Wikipedia, the Hot Ones format involves Sean Evans, the host, and his guest eating 10 chicken wings, each prepared with a progressively hotter hot sauce. Evans states the show's tagline at the beginning of each episode, the show with hot questions and even hotter wings. Basically, Sean asks increasingly difficult questions to celebrity guests while they try to act unfazed eating wings with a, quote, Scoville level of up to 2 million. I've got no idea what that means, but there's a little pepper graphic after each new hot sauce that shows the Scoville level right before celebrities bite into the wing. It actually builds a ton of tension. The show's a half hour long, and Gordon Ramsay's episode, for example, has 45 million views. Episodes of Hot Ones go down smooth. I was doing research for this podcast and found myself on the couch with Ruby giggling my ass off watching Chance the Rapper, Arya Stark, Shaq, and Scarlett Johansson answer questions about weird Instagram posts they'd made while sweating profusely and trying not to chug a glass of milk. A fascinating framework started to emerge as I binged these episodes that made me think that there literally could not be a bad episode of Hot Ones. I wanted to test my theory, so I searched through to find someone I knew basically nothing about. I landed on an episode featuring Post Malone. I have no opinion on him other than I listened to his music a few times because he's obviously extremely popular, and I didn't get it. It made me feel old, so I had maybe a little bit of a bad opinion of him going in. I watched his interview and laughed just as hard as I had with any other guest. I came away genuinely liking him. The Hot Ones construct is amazing. They either purposely or accidentally established an incredible framework for a product that will grow. Three core pillars jumped out at me, and I think they're going to be helpful for you. They're probably not what you think of when you think of Hot Ones if you're a fan of the show, but I'm pretty confident they're the main drivers of growth. They're also really portable. These are things that will help. You should use them. 
Hot Ones growth pillar number one. Know what great is and create a system that guarantees it. There are lots of shows where pretty interesting guests are interviewed by pretty good interviewers. This is what terrifies me about the interview episodes of Idea to Startup, actually. It's tough to do anything too unique in the space, but it's very tempting to stick with this archetype because it's so simple and straightforward. You get an interesting guest promoting something, you ask them to come on your show, you ask them some questions, and you move on. It's tough to say what's really different between Jimmy Fallon's show and Conan O'Brien's show, other than you may like one host more than the other. Hot Ones is different. I'm assuming that what the creators of the show realized or stumbled upon is that what people actually want out of an interview show is authenticity from the guest. A name brand host is fine, but that's not a real differentiator. It's actually a commodity. A great interview, then, is one where the guest acts differently than they would on any other interview show. Authenticity creates the connection with the audience, the thing that they want. When I realized that, it kind of felt like the moment in the movie Moneyball that changed Major League Baseball. All the scouts on all the teams were looking for players that were marketable. Big, strong, hit home runs, batted 300, even were good-looking. The quote, perfect player archetype that had been sought for hundreds of years. But in the movie, Jonah Hill's character got down to these first principles of baseball. What actually matters? Scoring more runs than the other team is really the only goal. Every player should be judged and only judged based on how many runs they produce or prevent. Nothing else matters for winning baseball games. For the interview show format, the only thing that matters is authenticity from the guest. That's what makes a great interview show. That's what Hot Ones figured out, and that's what they create. Something unmistakable happens every episode of Hot Ones around wing number four. The guest chomps down on a wing, and they realize they're screwed. This wing is hot as hell, and shit, there are like six more hotter than this. The interviewer-interviewee mold is broken. The guest usually laughs anxiously and gives Sean a look like, man, how are we getting through this? The power dynamic is completely gone. It doesn't matter if it's Gordon Ramsay or Shaq or Kristen Bell, it's now just two people on level ground in a quest to conquer obscenely hot wings. It's oddly beautiful. If you've ever played pickup basketball, you know this moment. It happens when you've got chemistry on the court with a complete stranger and you play like you've been practicing with them since you were five. It's authentic connection and it's magical. It's what all humans are looking for. This chemistry builds remarkably fast on hot ones, and by wing six, they're talking and joking like old friends. The guest is sweating and laughing and telling stories that Fallon couldn't get out of them in 30 years, let alone 30 minutes. It's not just hot ones that's about authenticity. All products are. Your customer needs to feel connection with you, especially early on when they don't have any other data points to go on. They need to know that you see them and are solving a real problem that impacts their lives. If it's not authentic, customers will sniff it out. Humans are unbelievably good at sniffing out a salesman. But if it's authentic, we'll shout it from the rooftops. Authentic is rare. Authentic causes you to answer an email from a stranger just to tell them that you love Sean Evans. I've got an inbox full of those emails to prove it. Hot Ones recognized that wings and questions were a perfect formula to get an authentic interview. The formula makes it impossible for there to be a bad interview. They don't have to hope the guests will have brilliant chemistry with the host. The system guarantees that chemistry. It's brilliant. And, of course, Sean seems like a really good host. Probably the best host I've ever seen. But why is he able to be so good? I think it comes back to the framework. First, he's eating the wings too. We're watching him struggle along with the guest. That makes it immediately real. Second, there are constraints to his questions. He only gets to ask about 10, and they have to get tougher as they go. One question for each wing, getting tougher. Tough for Sean always means unique. It means he's got to do a ton of research and put himself in the shoes of the interviewee to figure out what will be thought-provoking for them, what will be hard to answer, what will get a real answer while they are eating an absurdly hot wing. 
He asked the best interview question I've ever heard to Paul Rudd. Around Wing 4, he said, You're somebody who's been doing press for TV and film for 25 years. Do you ever think about how much your narrative is shaped by the need to package the details of your life into these instantly accessible anecdotes? Paul Rudd seemed taken back by the question, thought for a second, noted how wonderful the question was, and then gave an alarmingly honest response. That's the type of stuff that happens on Hot Ones. The construct sets the stage for the honest answers, and his research facilitates it more. He can't rely on free-flowing narrative, which can be a crutch. He knows he has to have thoughtful, harder and harder questions for each guest. This construct also creates tension for the audience. As you go, you know the wings are going to get hotter, you know the questions are going to get harder, and there's a natural beginning, middle, and end. That doesn't happen on any other interview show. In the end, the framework plus Sean creates, in most people's minds, one of the best interviewers out there. So how do you relate this back to your startup? First, you need to know what great looks like to your audience, a truly great outcome. Chances are the initial customer you're envisioning is too broad and great is different for a lot of them. That won't work. Great needs to be specific and targeted so you can message to it and break through all the fluff. It needs to feel like you're speaking directly to your customer, authentically. Then you'll want to create a framework or process to be able to deliver that quote great experience consistently. Knowing the variables that make up great for your customer, then creating a system to focus solely on those is the best path. Hot Ones growth pillar number two, create clear boundaries and rules of the game. Humans and entrepreneurs especially are horrible at setting boundaries, which is a problem because humans crave boundaries. What do I mean by boundaries? Clear, digestible rules of the game. Your customer wants to understand immediately what to expect from your product. But entrepreneurs often don't want to come out and say it because it forces you to make hard decisions and trade-offs. Saying explicitly, this is what we do, this is what we don't do, this is who we do it for, this is who we don't do it for, and here's what you should expect, is excruciating. It feels constricting. It feels like you're opening yourself up to all sorts of pain because if you say it's for somebody, there's a chance that person's not going to want it and you're going to feel that direct failure. More than a few founders have told me they need to provide lots of value and then see what resonates with customers and move towards that. They want to boil the ocean. This won't work. It's just the sign of an entrepreneur who doesn't understand what their customer actually values. Hot Ones crushes this. They know what moves the needle, authentic interviews, and they know the boundaries that will facilitate that value. A show. A guest, 30 minutes, 10 questions, increasingly hot wings. That's it. If I see 10 seconds of one episode, I know exactly what to expect from every other episode. I know what's going to happen, which lets me get excited for the parts of the show where I don't know what's going to happen, if that makes sense. I know they'll eat hot wings. I don't know how they'll react. I know it'll be authentic, though. The clarity of the boundaries allow me to focus on the real magic. And because the boundaries and expectations are so clear, it makes it easy to share. Think about the soundbite for your startup, or for other products. I got pitched an idea recently that seems like it's focused. It's a company that helps you book medical tourism trips, the ones where you travel to Bangkok or South Korea and get procedures done that are way too expensive in the U.S. that maybe your insurance doesn't cover. It seems like the rules of the game are pretty clear, right? I'd argue they're far from it. What's the soundbite? This product helps people who want to get medical procedures done in other countries book the trip? Who's it for? What's booking mean? What procedures do they specialize in? Is this for me? Do I have to make a decision here? It's a tough one. In terms of scarcity and constraints, two core things you should think about when messaging to your customer, the soundbite doesn't really address either. 
the rules of the game aren't clear and they won't grow until they are. Something like, it helps people in the U.S. who need to get their molars taken out immediately but don't have dental insurance book a near-term trip to meet with vetted foreign dentists for under $500. That feels a lot more specific to me and allows the customer to make a decision. I have no idea if this is a good market, but I know that if it is, it'll grow faster than a vague soundbite. Now think about hot ones. When you're explaining it to a friend, it's so easy. It's a YouTube show where celebrities eat 10 wings that get progressively hotter while the host asks tough questions. You've got to see Shaq on it. That's how you get to billions of views. The counterintuitive thing about boundaries is how freeing they actually are. The cognitive overhead required when you aren't really sure what you're doing is immense. As soon as you put in clear rules, you can relax and be creative within them and create all of these sound bites for growth. These boundaries are about trade-offs, something you're going to have to do as an entrepreneur. What can you remove that isn't core to your business and will increase the focus on your differentiator? What's the real purpose of your product? Trade-offs are the name of the game. Tough decisions need to be made that often remove a path that absolutely could be viable. Saying no to good opportunities is the life of a real entrepreneur. Hot Ones doesn't do any other type of show. They don't do interviews without wings. They don't let people on who don't eat spicy food. They don't compromise so their value is clear and it makes it easy for people to spread. What trade-offs do you need to make to create clear boundaries that you can explain to your customers? Hot Ones growth pillar number three, consistency creates compound interest. Hot Ones debuted in 2015, but it didn't really start gaining traction until 2017 or even 2018. The first few years didn't generate all that much buzz. The show's owned by Complex, which supplied early guests and some of their audience, but the viewership from the first years pale in comparison to the viewership of the new episodes. But while those first few years didn't have huge viewership numbers, they did create 85 episodes. This backlog was established while ironing out the process and figuring out how to make Hot Ones great. I've seen lots of articles touting the, quote, overnight success of Hot Ones, but that overnight success took at least three years. What's powerful about the old episodes is that they're still relevant today. Authenticity doesn't really have an expiration date, so when a new viewer stumbles upon Hot Ones, you've got nearly 200 episodes to browse through and watch. It's incredibly difficult prioritizing early on in the life of your startup. What I often suggest is for founders to keep track of every single thing they do for a week or even a month. I use a product called Toggle to do it. Then, at the end of the week or month, you do an audit and see what you spend your time on. Specifically, you want to label every single action as either fleeting or durable. Fleeting means it won't be useful again, like responding to most emails. Durable means it'll live on and continue to create value for you. For me, this podcast is durable. You're listening to it now, but someone could definitely get just as much value out of it if they stumble on it in 2022. The emails I responded to this morning are fleeting. No one's ever going to get value out of those again. Each piece of content created for Hot Wings has infinite life and builds customer lifetime value while decreasing customer acquisition costs for each new viewer. The growth compounds. Compound interest is critical for startups. I actually think a lot of whether a startup will succeed or fail depends on how fast the founder identifies what compounds for their specific product. Then you need to do that a lot. One of my favorite quotes from Charlie Munger is what he calls the first rule of compounding, which is to never interrupt it unnecessarily. Hot Ones figured this out. They understood that these episodes would compound and lead to growth down the line, and they just churned them out even though the audience wasn't huge. Growth is a lagging indicator, particularly for content. There's a good chance a lot of the episodes from 2015 didn't really create value for Hot Ones until 2018. 
It's hard to focus on things that have such a long feedback loop, but it's important. The stuff in the top right-hand corner of the Eisenhower box, stuff that's important but not urgent, that's the stuff that will drive growth months or years from now. Since the benefits are so far downstream, it's often easy to let these things slip or give up on them. Hot ones didn't, and now the growth flywheel is operating smoothly. A new celebrity comes on, brings their audience, their audience gets lost in the backlog, and that's how you end up with billions of views. So is it really surprising that a show about eating hot wings is this popular? Nope. The question for you as a founder is, how can you find out what compounds for you? How can you stay motivated long enough to let that compound interest kick in? How can you stay focused on that top right-hand corner of the Eisenhower box, knowing that growth is a lagging indicator but that it will pay off in the end? These are the questions that are hard but are so important for you early on. As always, reach out to me at brian at gettacklebox.com with questions. And if you want help leveraging the tactics we talked about in the show with your startup, feel free to apply at gettacklebox.com. And I would definitely recommend getting lost in a couple episodes of Hot Ones. It's a pretty magical show, and I think all of the constructs that we talked about will be pretty obvious, and I think it'll help you with your startup. Have a great week. 